Uh, we're going to stick with the golf theme here, though, because it's U.S. Open week. The U.S. Open from L.A. Country Club. It comes in at 7,421 yards, a par 70 golf course, bent grass greens, Bermuda fairways, and as we typically do, we get help for where to go with the major championships from our guy, Alex Myers from Golf Digest. So let's pop on out to the KDOS hotline right now. Alex, it's Kayla. How are you today? I'm doing great, Kayla. How are you? Doing fantastic. It's fun to be out and about here. Uh, a major championship field, the U.S. Open. Let's start with L.A. Country Club. It's the first time that L.A. Country Club is hosting the U.S. Open. It went under a major renovation about five years ago, trying to restore it somewhat to its original design. So do we have any idea how this course looks and feels? Will it play firm and fast? What do we know about L.A. Country Club? Yeah, well, it, it's it is going to play firm and fast. That's uh, the hope for the USGA. It doesn't look like there's going to be much rain. It is Southern California, after all. So uh, it, it's going to be a test, but a different type of test than what we used to seeing at the U.S. Open. Um, it's you know not those pencil-wide fairways with high rough around. It's going to be a lot more wide fairways. Uh, but don't be fooled by that because you have to hit it to the right proper side of these fairways or you're going to have difficult approach shots to these small greens and around the greens um, again you're not going to have like the foot high rough or anything but it's Bermuda rough which is unusual for U.S. Open so that's that more spongy as you got as you know out there in Arizona spongy grass and uh, you know can give you some unpredictable lies um, and that can happen you know out of the, the regular rough as well so Definitely a lot of challenges for these guys, but again, it's not going to look like that typical U.S. Open, like an Oakmont or a Wingfoot, um, but it should be really cool, and it's definitely a course that a lot of uh, people, especially you know people who are really into golf architecture, have been, used, have been really looking forward to circling this date on the calendar for a long time. And the course is playing par 70, 7,423 yards. You start off with hole number one, which is a par five, 590 mm -hmm. yards. Mm -hmm. You go right into hole two, which is a par four, 497 yards. There's demanding par threes at 284 yards, 290 yards. You also have a demanding par three at 124 yards that could potentially play 75 to 80 yards. We might be right. hearing this term as well about half pars a lot this week so can you explain what that is and then how this course really shapes up yardage wise yeah you know the usga it's not just making firm courses and thick rough they, they want to mess with the guy's minds or at least challenge them and a lot of the things that you were just alluding to are going to be different again than, than what they're used to seeing at this this open so you go from uh, you know the easy opening par five to a tough par four, that's reminiscent of Riviera, which is another George Thomas design in the area. Um, and then, you know, the routing is just very different. You have five par threes here and three par fives. So, you you know, when you think of a par seven, you usually think, okay, there's a couple par fives that were changed to par fours. But here you actually do have that extra par three and an extra par five, uh, which I think is going to be cool. And then, yeah, you know, a couple of these par threes can be maxed out at uh, they're almost as long as the, the drivable par 4-6, which is going to get a lot of attention. There's two par 3s that could play up to nearly 300 yards. And then, you know, you mentioned the 15th hole, which uh, everybody's kind of anticipating the USGA is going to, you know, move the tee up to the front of this really long uh, boomerang-type green. Um, and that's going to make the hole play so much shorter to the point where the yardage might actually be under 80 yards. They actually played it like that at the 2017 Walker Cup. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, Ricky Fowler said, has already said that he might actually lay up on a 78-yard hole because the landing area is so small that he might just hit it in front of the green and try to get up and down from there uh, instead of potentially burying in a bunker or, you know, getting caught in the rough or something like that. So, it, it's, again, it's going to test these guys both physically and mentally with um, the different routing here than, than what we're used to at a typical U.S. Open venue. Alex Myers, Golf Digest here on KDUS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. The USGA is certainly known for its crazy hard setups. Golfers often complain about the unfair nature of past setups with rough, green speeds, etc. So what are players saying this week, and how penal does it seem that the rough is going to be? Yeah, I mean, getting back to your your other question before I didn't fully answer about the half par, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where you kind of have to almost throw par out the window, um, and because some of these, you know, the, the, some of the par threes are really like three point fives, and some of the par fives are really like four point fives, and some of the par fours are three point five, but some of them are also four point five. So you, again, it's just the USGA kind of messing with them. It, it, par almost doesn't really matter. I mean, you just have to add up your total strokes at the end of the day. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be difficult. I mean, you know, anytime you have guys potentially pulling a head cover off a club to hit on a par three. That's certainly unnerving. It's not something that they're used to seeing. And then on the flip side, again, having a sand wedge on a part three um, or a lob wedge, or, and then even thinking about not aiming at the green when it's that close, that's something that's tough as well. And, you know, some of the players have um, talked to, as well about, I mentioned the fairways being wide, but they are very contoured in some places. There are some places where you can land the ball in the middle of the fairway and it'll roll all the way off into the rough. So, um, you really have to play the right shape of shots um, into these fairways just to keep them in the fairways. It's kind of in that way. It's kind of similar to um, Olympic Club, another California course that's hosted the U.S. Open. Uh, but no, it, I, I think I think the players um, are anticipating it to be challenging. I don't think they're thinking it's going to be you know a wing foot or an oakland where even par has a chance to win. But I also don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think I think you will see a fair number of birdies on those more accessible holes. But I think you're going to see a lot of bogeys as well. Because if you're just a little out of position here, uh, it's going to be tough to save par. Alex Myers, Golf Digest here on KDUS AM 1060 as we're talking about the U.S. Open uh, getting underway tomorrow from L.A. Country Club. Scotty Scheffler, he's the odds-on favorite to win the event at plus 700. His ball striking has been historic. However, he's been hemorrhaging strokes on the putting green with the flat stick by all accounts. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do with the putter. There has been maybe some talks about him trying to to figure out if he's going to change putters this week, etc. But how do you see Scotty's game coming into this U.S. Open, and even if he does lose strokes putting, can he still win? He can. I mean, it's crazy to think, but that memorial performance, uh, you know, was a historic performance in two ways, both for his ball striking from tee to green, where he gained 20 shots, but also for losing nine shots on the green. If he had putted to the average, he would have won by seven shots, um, which is pretty remarkable. So, to me, I I see why he's the favorite. Um, I think he's got 16 consecutive top 20s as well. I mean, he just never has a bad week. And the bad weeks are when his putter is just brutal. And even that, he still contends. So, uh, you know, 6-1 to one is a little jarring. 
Uh, I think it was still seven yesterday. It's now moved to six. There's been a lot of people jumping on him. I never bet favorites. I actually am thinking about a decent-sized wager on Scotty. I just think he's played such great golf this year that it, it, it's hard to imagine him not um, winning a major this year. And, and you know, certainly he still would have the British Open after this to try to get it done and, and certainly also won the players, uh, but technically not a major. So I just think, um, you know, he is the guy to beat. I think if he has any sort of a decent putting week or if he has a good putting week, I think he wins So um, with the way he's been hitting the ball. So, um, yeah, I do like it. I know he joked about potentially uh, testing out some other putters yesterday. I'd rather him stick with what he knows uh, because even, you know, as bad as it's been, I, I just I think you, you're bringing even more question marks in when you make a last-minute switch like that. You know, you were talking about just the precision that it needs to play this golf course, even though they have the wide fairways, talking about right. how things could really hit and run off. You're just thinking about who's really been just precise with their ball striking, who's been able to hit all the shots, and you're like, that's Scotty Scheffler. Um, right. But also, it could be John Rahm. However, it's really hard to win multiple majors in one season. Uh, there's always the talks as well about Rahm's success in California, but maybe we should caution that line of approach since success at Torrey Pines comes on Poana Greens. LACC is bent grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's, uh, it's tough to compare this course to, to anything, especially any other uh, U.S. Open venue. So, I mean, again, look, we know how good John Rahm is. Certainly he deserves to be, you know, it's, it's Rahm, it's Kepka, and it's Scheffler. Those are the big three guys right now. I mean, I'm sorry, Rory's dropped below that um, with his struggles, particularly on Sunday the last couple of weeks. Even when he's playing well, it seems to disappear on Sunday. So it's these other three guys that are, are the main guys. I just happen to think Scheffler, um, for this venue in particular, with his short game, especially a short game creativity around these greens, I just give him a slight edge over Rom and over Brooks. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, of course, uh, Rom, Brooks, they're both going for, for multiple majors in a year. And, and you're right, it is difficult to do that. But once you have the one, it's not as difficult. I mean, these guys are both certainly capable of getting it done. Brooks Kepka has won two majors in a year before. So, uh, um, you know, those three have really – separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Um, They've been super impressive. They've won the three biggest events this year, so it kind of makes sense. And so it's going to be kind of interesting to see who of those three is able to win a second one this year. Um, And and again, I I would lean Scotty, but uh, certainly neither of those other two guys would surprise me. Alex Myers, Golf Digest here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. You mentioned creativity, and a guy I think about is Jordan Spieth. When mm-hmm. I also watched the flyover videos of LACC, the first thing I thought of was like Australian-type golf courses. Mm-hmm. I thought of Chambers Bay, and Chambers yep, yep. Bay, Jordan Spieth, he won a yep. U.S. Open there. Uh, is there any concern, though, he's 24-1, to 1. is there any concern, though, that he hasn't been able to close the deal yet this season and get a win? No, I, I definitely a little concerned, but your head is right where mine is too. He's kind of my my main pick, other than Scheffler, um, and and I I have him at actually thirty three to one, I think. So that's very Ooh. juicy. He's been getting a little down, yeah, he's getting getting a little more love as time's gone on. No, I mean it's kind of similar with Rory. I mean he he let's be honest, he's 
had a few tournaments this year where he should have won, and he did not close the door. Um, and, you know, let's be honest, even at Chambers Bay, he did not exactly slam the door shut there. He had Dustin Johnson three-putt from 15 feet to hand him that title. And, you know, I, I was out there at uh, his last major win um, at the British when uh, he looked like he was going to lose to Matt Kuchar with that wild tee shot. I mean, he, he is very shaky down the stretch, especially at majors. Um, and, of course, we all know what he did at Augusta when he was going for back-to-back. It's, it's, you know, just a disaster on the 12th hole. So, no, there's always a concern with him closing out, for sure. Uh, that being said, when it's him and a couple other guys, you know, how many of these guys are actually great closers? I mean, there's very few. I mean, you know, obviously you would say Brooks Kepka. Uh, you would say Scheffler's kind of emerging as one of those guys. Rom, obviously, as well. So, again, we're talking about kind of the big three guys. There aren't... There aren't too many guys who you, you just feel totally confident in down the stretch. So that being said, I still I agree with you. I think the course itself, um, the, the width off the tee especially helps Jordan. And when he is out of position, he has the skills, the recovery skills to get back in position. And we all know about the magical short game. I mean, he can just do it all around the greens. Um, you know, he's a wizard saving pars. So, um but but uh, yeah, he's other than Scheffler, he's he's my number two guy this week, uh, especially based on the value that uh, even still out there. I mean, he's you know three times the odds of a Scheffler. Uh, I think you gotta kind of like that. Uh, Victor Hovland, he got a victory mm. just a couple of weeks ago at Memorial. That's his biggest victory so far on the PGA Tour. Patrick Cantlay, they're both seventeen to one. Then you have Xander at nineteen to one. You know. When you think about these three players here, this statistic was really stunning to me that Cantley has never been within five shots of the lead yeah. in a major heading into Sunday. Uh, so, you know, you have question marks about trusting him. You have Vic has worked so hard on his short game, but can you mm-hmm. trust that next level creativity? And then do we know where Xander's game is at? Yeah, I mean, of those guys, I actually do like Xander the most. I mean, Victor, uh, you know, Victor's clearly a guy who's going to win majors he's come close at the last three i just would be a little surprised here based on the fact that the the driving isn't quite as big of a uh, you know focus here and that's really the strength of his game he is just an incredible driver of the golf ball so i think he loses a little bit of his edge here it doesn't mean he can't still contend but uh, you mentioned his short game yes much improved but even closing out the memorial he chunked a couple chips uh, down the stretch, he hit some great ones as well. But he, you know, I, it still could be something that that comes back to bite him. Uh, but again, yes, he is getting better, and yes, I do expect him to win. Cantley, I'm glad you brought up that stat. I just, it's just a stunning stat. Um, if you know, 25 career majors, literally never be in the hunt going to the final round. Now he did make a great run at the 2019 Masters when Tiger ended up winning. He was behind. He made a great run. He actually, I think, took the lead for a second um, with three holes to go, you know, way ahead of the leaders. But he was in the mix there. But, again, just to not enter that final round in serious contention ever, I just don't know how you could ever really trust him. So I go back to Xander. He has been there. He hasn't gotten it done. But at least he has been there. Um, And if you look at the numbers, strokes gained total, I think he's in the top five right now still on tour uh it's one of those weird years again he won three times last year but he hadn't been before that he didn't win for a few years and now he hasn't won yet this year but all the stats show that he's playing just as well as last year when he was winning so 
Um, you know, and he's a California guy as well. So uh, Xander of, of that group is, is who I kind of like. Uh, I mentioned that this course kind of reminded me a lot of Australian different courses, and I immediately yeah. thought of Cam Smith. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not sure what I think about Cam Smith's game this year. Uh, we obviously don't see yeah. him because he's on the Live Tour, but right. when you look at the results, it's not maybe what we expected after him coming off of such a phenomenal year the the, the previous year. No, it's 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 100 percent correct. I've, I've actually I think I've bet on him at both the Masters and the PGA. I think he, he did get a top ten. At the at the PGA, uh, but you're right. We just haven't seen a lot of him. He hasn't been impressive on the Live Tour either. He did what he won last year, but he hasn't won this year. Uh, so it is tough to gauge. But but you're right. It does remind you of an Aussie course. You know he's got an incredible short game. The only thing that could hurt him is right at the top. You mentioned you know 7400 par 70 is pretty long, and he's not the longest hitter. So. Um, but, uh, you know, he's in that 30 to one range. I think if you went back to the British open last year, when he won, if you said cam, you could get cam Smith at 30 to one or whatever he's been in these few majors this year, you would have snatched it up instantly because, uh, you know, he would have been more in the 10 to one range following that open win last year. We're having a conversation here, U.S. Open Talk, Alex Myers, Golf Digest. All right, so if you're willing to swallow the price, Scotty Scheffler, or look maybe to pivot to a Jordan Spieth. So mm-hmm. longer shots, top 20s, top 30s, who are you looking at? Uh, my next guy is a long shot is Joaquin Neiman. Uh, you know, like another guy we haven't seen as much of since he went to live. But, you know, he was a top 25 guy when he went. He won wire to wire at Riviera, which is another George Thomas design in the area. Um, not exactly the same course, but but certainly enough, uh, you know, where he gets a little bit of a boost, I think, versus some other guys. So I think him in the, the 90 to 1 range is, is pretty good. You know, it's funny, as far as a really long shot, uh, you talk about the Bermuda Rough, and you kind of think of maybe some of the Florida courses, and you also think of difficult Florida courses, and you, I think of Sepp Straka. Uh, a guy who won the Honda Classic, and um, you know he's kind of a ball striking machine. I, I think he, he's at 280 to one, so I think you get him at 28 to one or something for a top 10. Um, he would probably be the, the long shot, long shot that I, I would like to make a little noise. Again, tough to bet someone like that outright to win, but to finish decently. Alex, this is always so much fun breaking down major championships with you. I'm really excited to see what L.A. Country Club is going to throw at these guys this week. Let's have a fun week. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Enjoy the golf.